0: Welcome to Big Ideas, Big Moves. This is the destination for high performers. Um, This podcast, we talk to people from a bunch of different industries, different niches, who are making big moves in that niche and and things that uh, I I think have a broad interest to people who want to move to high performance, those people who are high performers and just want to get that little bit better. Um, So today's uh, episode is going to be right along those lines. A couple of things just to hit on first, Um, we've got a couple of um, products that we want Want to make sure that we acknowledge because they have uh, have really supported the podcast in the last little while. Um, and they also um, are, are things to help, especially if you own a business, to be able to move those things forward to higher performance quickly. Um, one is Jazz HR. Um, they help build tomorrow's uh, businesses. So if you are starting out a business, if you have a smaller business, trying to find ways of being able to find the right talent, they're a great um, um, tool for that powerful, user-friendly recruiting tool that allows you to scale and, and scales with you as it goes. And and um, you know, one of the things that uh, is really cool about it is that they have plans available depending on the size of organization and what you're doing, but it is um, basically unlimited users, unlimited candidates. Um, they have integrations with calendars, with uh, HRAS systems, even background checks. So um, something definitely to take a look at. If you go to the website www.bigideabigmove.com, Um, you'll be able to see a uh, special code there so go on there take a look at it and uh, and and use it I I think to be able to grow your businesses a little faster the other side is that um, epitome HR has something very similar but is the back end of that process so if you are starting a business if you have a business and you want to be able to scale it quickly one of the things is to have a lot of the people and talent processes in place in the background Um, there's a a kit there that you'll be able to see on the same kind of uh, on our podcast um, website that um, has been packaged to put together um, everything from uh, a customizable employee handbook, all of the different kind of recruitment interview forms, processes, uh, guides, and how to use all those things right through the employee lifecycle life cycle to exit interviews and exit processes. So um, the price of that, I know, is less than having a consultant come in for a day. Um, so it might be something to take a look at if you're in that uh, level with your organization as well. So um, thanks to them And and again, it's um, www.bigideabigmoves.com. Today, I'm, I'm really excited to have the guests that we have today. Um, Chester Elton um, is uh, a number one um, best-selling business author and uh, has co-authored a number of books. We'll talk about those. He's an organizational culture expert. He is an expert on employee engagement, teamwork authority. Um, he has spent more than two decades helping clients from organizations of every level um, be able to execute and, and uh, move forward their vision and value strategies. Um, He's been called the Apostle of Appreciation by uh, The Globe and Mail. Um, he, uh, they've said uh, creative and refreshing. That was the New York Times. Um, and his books have been deemed must-reads by CNN. Um, he's the co-author of best-selling uh, books, All In, uh, The Carrot Principle, and The Best Team Wins. His books have been translated in over 30 languages. He sold over 1.5 million of them. He's been featured in everything from the Wall Street Journal, um, Fast Company, CNN, ABC, MSNBC, 60 Minutes. So he's been kind of all over the place. Um, he has a new book which we are going to touch on today uh, about gratitude, and uh, and that's kind of a real cool departure, but kind of an extension on what he's done before. Um, and uh, I, I guess you know, first of all, um, welcome, Chester, and thanks very much for uh, jumping in on the podcast
1: well thanks for uh, that gracious introduction and always a pleasure to be with a fellow Canadian
0: absolutely that's we were talking about that just beforehand this is uh, the one year where we uh, we can uh, both say that we haven't had a whole lot of snow compared to what we normally have so uh, that's always nice as well and um, and actually, Chester, you know, you talked about. I think um, the first time, kind of, we met in person, um, you were doing a large speaking event in uh, in Toronto. There's a big HR conference up here that has everybody nationally, um, and I, I kind of flipped you a message, and I was I was in kind of corporate trying to figure a few things out, I asked you for um, a coffee, and, and you were really gracious to do that. But the one thing that I did notice, and for everybody to to kind of know. Is that um, it's kind of that walk the talk piece? Is that when we were having coffee, you may not even know, is that um, I noticed you were, um, you did all of those things you talk about with the server while we were there. Um, you kind of were really engaged with them, asked them. A- things about their life and um, and really just were are really present and and my first question as we go in is that um, what is that something you do intentionally is it something that's just part of your makeup um, how, do, how does that work for you
1: well to be quite honest I was just trying to impress you at the moment uh, yeah,
0: the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I appreciate it
1: you know um, that's a that's a great question you know I I grew up my father's been my lifelong hero my my first manager my best friend my biggest cheerleader and my dad had a great philosophy that he passed down to all of his boys i have four older brothers that are amazing and wonderful he said look everybody matters you know from the parking attendant to the you know the, who's ever serving during your, your meal to the captains of industry and he had a great saying he'd say uh, be good to everybody everybody's having a tough day and it just it costs nothing to be kind it costs nothing to Engage people, and isn't it a wonderful gift just to make somebody smile? And so I, I, I'm, I'm delighted that you picked up on that because that is my, my father. That's me paying tribute to my father and the way he raised us.
0: Well, and, and how does that translate into? I I know your message when you go to a lot of these events um, is uh, is translating that into everyday business. You know, uh, how do you see that as as connecting over whether you're somebody and um, we have lots of people who are kind of frontline managers, but we have lots of people who are executives that listen to this. How 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 do you translate that kind of um, work in into the workplace?
1: Well, I think there's a direct connection. You know, when you talk about how. What are the attributes of great teams? What are the attributes of great organizations, cultures, and again, leaders? It's their, their ability to connect with people. You know, I, I had the opportunity to sit down with Alan Lally not too long ago. He's the mm-hmm. the executive that basically saved more Ford Motor Company during the during the Great Recession, and i said you know how, how did you do that i mean you, you were an airline guy what did, what did you know about building cars you know yeah. and he came and he said look the formula is very simple it's all about your people and the number one step you've got to take as a leader to accomplish anything is your people and he's got a great saying he says it's your people love them up just love them up you know he's yeah. from indiana he's got that great midwestern you know accent and yeah. uh, and yeah. philosophy and I thought, you know, it really is that simple. You know, as, as, as we looked at what are the differences between good leaders and extraordinary leaders, it was never their hard skills. You know, often we look at a resume and go, wow, you know, great experience, incredible organizations they've worked with, and look, you know, graduated from all the best schools. Um, and yet that's kind of the ticket entry. You got to know how to, you know, get things done. The difference between good and extraordinary was always what some people, you know, bridle at, it's their soft skills. How do you communicate? How do you relate to people? How do you engage people? How do you paint the the picture of where we want to go and how we're going to get there? And number one in those skills is how they express gratitude. Uh, do you appreciate the sacrifices and the things that your people do for you every day that keep your doors open and keep your customers coming back?
0: It's interesting, isn't it? it? It is, and and the one thing that you will hear a lot of the time on the other side of that is, um, you know, when you when you look at hard kind of well, there's there's hard business results, and um, you know, we've got to be data based, and and all of those things. Um, one thing that struck me in in yours and Adrian's work um, is that it is very data based, and you do a good job of kind of showing the the numbers that are driven by what you're talking about. Can you give some examples of of how that translates into tangible business results.
1: Oh, sure. You know, we have a database of engagement surveys that's over a million uh, employees, you know, from all over the world at this point. And we have our own online assessment, uh, motivators assessment. We've had 75,000 people take that. So we have great data as well as the interviews we've done and the case studies that that we study. You know, it's it's interesting Is as, as you take a look at that data specifically around, uh, positive workplaces. Harvard School of Business did a wonderful uh, engagement study where they said, look, what, what is a positive workplace? And what they found, what they discovered through their research was, is that if, what is your positive to negative ratio? And they determined that the ideal ratio was at least five to one, five positive interactions to every negative interaction now they took that a step further and said okay what does a positive workplace what does that get you as far as to your point hard business results well positive uh, cultures as opposed to the average or negative cultures they had three times three to five times operating income so yeah is it a nice thing to do absolutely make your mama proud you bet yeah. does it impact your bottom line absolutely it does and it comes back to those engagement surveys, do you trust your immediate supervisor? Would you recommend the job to your friends or family? Is this, you know, is your voice heard? And then one that generally scores very low, in fact, almost always is, you know, was I valued or appreciated in, in the last seven days at work? Yeah. Which brings us to another interesting data point, yeah. and I, I'll jump around here just a little bit, is that we surveyed uh, managers and supervisors and said, do you believe that you are above average? In giving reward, recognition, praise, gratitude—you know, whatever word you want to substitute there—and almost seventy percent said, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm well above average." When we when we asked the same question of the direct reports, only twenty-three percent agreed.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know? Wow! Considerable so, difference. So
1: then. there's this, this perception, this what we call the gratitude gap, and it really is interesting. If you if you look back over your career, the the leaders that you admired, that you would you know walk on hot coals for. I guarantee you that there was there was more than just a business relationship. There was a personal relationship. You didn't want to let them down. You wanted to perform because you were valued, and because you were valued, you valued them, and you didn't want to let them down. Does
0: that sound? Does that ring true with you? Uh, absolutely. And and I was thinking of that. That um, you know I I think of. Uh, um, some organizations that that um, are trying to improve this is they have some very specific things that they ask. I, I there was one place I worked at where they were saying, okay, well, and I, I assume it's kind of built on that that ratio of kind of five to one, where you know they would take uh, they would say, okay, start your day with this many uh, you know quarters in one pocket, and by the end of the day, make sure that every time that you do say something positive, and when you do, to that those employees move it to your other pocket. Um, which, you know, that's that, I guess, intentional way of changing some culture. But, but I, I guess that's the, the other thing is there, there is that big piece of, of trust. And, and how do those two kind of connect that, you know, is um, how, do you, how do you make sure people don't see it as just um, it, it's, it, that it's true appreciation? Ra- and trusting appreciation rather than it being something where it is just um, kind of an intentional intentional strategy i guess of the organization how would how would you kind of say to do that
1: well g- great question you know is it genuine is it sincere and yeah. and i love yeah. that there are organizations that set up these triggers right yeah. uh, we used to say, put 10 pennies in your left pocket. Canada, you know, don't have pennies anymore. So yep. quarters work. <laughs> yeah, that's why I went with quarters. Time. I
0: think it shifted at some point. And <laughs> I don't want to do loonies. To I don't shift. have that many in my pocket usually.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's a, that's a little, little heavy on your, on your left, <laughs> left pocket. Um, I, I do love that. And, and what we coach executives to do, and Adrian and I are doing a lot more executive coaching, a lot of one-on-one uh, these days, is that you set up those triggers and you say, look, at first, you're probably not going to be very good at it. Yeah. right and the more you do it the better you get when was the last time you tried something and you were immediately great you know i'm going to pick up tennis you know what i went out there and i was amazing <laughs> right it takes practice and it takes those triggers to get people to do it now the more you do it the better you get yeah. and the more you understand what the sincerity look like you know we we talk about do it now do it often don't be afraid right, right. do it right now you think you'll remember to do it later you won't uh, do it often. People say, well, then it becomes disingenuine. It's just, you know, too much recognition. <laughs> I was laughing. I go, too when much. was the last time you came back from work or anybody that works for you yeah. and said to their partner or spouse or whoever they're living with said, you know what? I uh, I couldn't get anything done today. I mean, it was just nonstop praise and recognition. <laughs> it was, It was balloons, cakes, you know, cards. I'm telling you, I got to work from home. It, it, it never happens, right? It just never happens. So this idea of putting those triggers together and doing it. Now, there are things that that help you do that. Specificity, I think, is very important. You know, say, look, I'm just not warm and fuzzy. I'm not the kind of guy that gets in a hot tub and sings kumbaya with my people. And I go, you know, what? that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, hot tubs work are probably not a great idea. Probably not, um, yeah. <laughs> probably not. So, you know, be be specific about it. You don't have to get all teary-eyed, you know, like you're accepting an Academy Award or, you know, a Juno. You just say, look, uh, I really appreciate the way you handled that customer. They came in, they were upset, they had a problem, you worked through the issue. You know, you made sure that they understood what the warranties, you know, will cover and won't cover. And you know what? When they left, they were they were happy. That That's extraordinary customer service. I just want you to know that that didn't go unnoticed. Really appreciate your efforts.
0: and that's the piece yep. that can really tie to uh, an organization's values and strategies as well, right? If if you if you do that right, because you're you're um, basically emboldening the behaviors that you want to see across your organization.
1: Exactly, and it's a very simple premise, right? Rewarded behavior gets repeated, so reward the right behavior right and the closer the reward is to the behavior the more likely it is to be repeated so what you're trying to create is this culture of engagement culture of, of, of gratitude and so on and and these simple things can help you get there now back to your trust issue yeah we looked at a, a massive database that we were uh, given access to by Willis Towers Watson and when the frequency of recognition went up so did the levels of trust and I thought that was fascinating We well why is that the case well, it's really interesting. When we looked at reasons why leaders broke trust with their direct reports, mm-hmm. one of the most common answers from the direct reports was uh, my manager or my supervisor broke trust with me when she took credit for my work. Mm-hmm. And and right. I thought, wow, that's 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 gratitude in reverse, right? Yeah. Where I'm working my guts out and and you get all the the glory yeah that's going to break trust pretty quickly so it it makes sense then that when you give me credit for my work i feel like my career is safe with you and that builds trust it's interesting isn't it
0: yeah and and is that the you know that gratitude gap that you talked about you know maybe can you go into that a little bit more is uh, you know what are the different facets of of that that you see in organizations
1: well, you know, we talk about this in our new work, in our in our new yeah. book, uh, Leading with Gratitude. And my publisher is going to make me say, available for pre-order on chapters. Absolutely, and, uh, <laughs> you should. And what we'll do as well,
0: just so everyone knows, is we'll make sure that we put a link to that as as well so that uh, you can go and get that. Excellent.
1: You know, it's funny. I I actually live in the States and have lived in the States for a long time just outside of New York City. And our, our big mall here just opened a huge Indigo store. Oh. And I was so excited because they've got all this <laughs> and hockey stuff in there it was, it was, it was really fun.
0: at any rate uh, going back to we were talking about <laughs> uh, just that the the gratitude gap you just talked a little bit about kind of um, how that manifests itself in in the organization
1: right. thanks for keeping me on
0: track no today. worries at all so
1: <laughs> We, we took a look at what were some of the leadership myths in other words why, why aren't leaders leading more with gratitude and it was really interesting uh, one of them that we've kind of already talked about it said well you know people need too much gratitude these days and uh, you know it's just uh, that's just not the way I'm wired'll it'll, it'll come across as disingenuous or bogus uh you know I always love those leaders go I don't give a lot of recognition when I do though I really mean it you know and so I remember back in 1987 you know, when I, <laughs> Everybody was amazed. So, so there's that. One of the really interesting myths that we knocked down was this idea that, yeah, gratitude is fine. Fear is the best motivator. You know, put the fear of God in people. Yeah. And and what was fascinating, Jamie, is a lot of the leaders that we studied didn't realize they were leading with fear.
0: Oh, so it wasn't a tactic. It was that that just happens to be the environment they were creating.
1: Right. Like some of we think, oh, the guys leading with fear are those guys that are like, you know, I'm gonna get in there and I mean just, I mean, you know, I'm gonna just beat the crap out of them and blah, blah, blah. And we're right. gonna pin them against each other. And maybe there are a couple of those out there. They're very rare. What the leaders that led with fear, they didn't realize that they said, Look, I'm just a truth teller. I'm just giving you, i unvarnished, they tell us to be transparent and I got to be transparent. If we don't hit the, the budget, I can't, I can't guarantee your jobs. That's, that's not fear. That's reality. You know, D- uh, Chester, yeah. do
0: you see more of that right now? Because there's this big push to be, be authentic. And to me, there's a lot of people in organizations that are using the, be authentic as an excuse to just, you know, to, to treat people that way. And do you see that more or not? Or is that valid or not?
1: You know, I, I think it's 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 kind of a trend because of social media, right? Yeah, Where you can just yeah. put up these really nasty things, drop the mic, and walk away. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and and it is true. They're saying, "Look, I, I I'm just telling. I I love I, I love what you just said there. I'm just being authentic. I'm just right. being real. Said, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You're being a real jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so if you want to be authentically a jerk, you're doing a great job.
0: That's you know? right. Bang on.
1: <laughs> so so what's what, what we love about you know, knocking down those myths as you say, "Look, I, I know somehow in your head that sounded great. in 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 practice, you're not going to engage your people. You're not going to win their hearts and minds. Simply because, you know, you think I'm being the tough, authentic, genuine boss. And in reality, what you're doing is you're driving your people away. You're, you're instilling fear into them. They will not bring you their best ideas for fear of being ridiculed. They will not give you their extra effort because it doesn't really matter. You know, when you talk about innovation, and that's such a big push in, in business today because the barriers to entry are so low. You know, Google did this amazing study called the Aristotle study. And they said, what are the attributes of the most innovative teams at Google? Right. Five-year study, 180 teams. What better place to study innovation? Number one on that list, you think, oh, well, it was experience. It was funding. It was, you know, uh, diversity or whatever. Yeah. You say, look, it was psychological safety. Isn't oh, that fascinating?
0: Wow. I yeah. felt
1: I felt safe at work. Huh. And where does that safety come from? Well, it comes from knowing that I'm valued and appreciated. That when I speak up, I'm not going to be ridiculed or, or put down, or have my boss be authentically a real jerk. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it all kind of all those dots kind of connect. Wow, wow. Well, and and do you see any difference in um, in the different generations in in their expectations around gratitude? I mean, you you know, intuitively people are hearing that all the time that, you know, younger generations are expecting more recognition and gratitude. Uh, is that, is it true? Is it evidence-based or or what are you seeing, Chester?
1: You know, the, the general trend is yes. Yes, they do. They, they want more affirmation and it's not surprising, right? They, uh, we live in a world of instant gratification. You, you know, you and I, it, it evolved over our careers. For them, it's, it's here right now. Whether it's, you know, 300 positive, you know, pings a, a minute when you're playing Mario Brothers or or mm-hmm. Amazon Prime that you just click and it shows up, you know, two days later. Right. Uh, and so, yes, yeah. now the, the facts are that, you know, and those are broad strokes. You don't ever want to pigeonhole people. There are lots of, you know, millennials that act like baby boomers and vice versa and Gen X and now, you know, Gen Z. My point is, is that those asking for those positive affirmations are little signposts along the way. And, and when we looked at the best, leaders that led with gratitude to extraordinary results. They, they were very good about celebrating little wins along the way. So, you know, old school is kind of like, look, when when we hit the goal, we'll celebrate. We haven't hit the goal yet. Yeah. The new school is, well, you know, we're halfway there. Let's, let, let, let's take a moment to say, you know what? We're ahead of schedule. Yeah. Uh, we're probably gonna hit the goal if we do this. You know, find those little things along the way. And all the younger generation is looking for is, am I on track? Right. Am I on track? why wouldn't you want to give them that affirmation so you've got to put it in context Uh, you know different people are motivated in different ways and if you've got someone that needs a lot of positive affirmation that that is a good thing because what they're asking for is is feedback how are we doing are we on track am i doing the right things great i'll keep doing it does that make sense
0: It, it does and it brings me to the the thought around you know it how different is it for everybody? Like, how important is it for leaders to really understand um, the differences in kind of recognition and what people want and what truly is recognition to different people on your team? How how does that vary, or or does it?
1: A- absolutely, you know, you,
0: you absolutely could have written our book. <laughs> You're asking all of the right questions. Well, I've I've read a lot of your work, Chester. So.
1: There you go. Thank
0: you. Um, you know, we talk about
1: seeing and then expressing, you know, seeing what's going on. I've I, I walked in their shoes. I understand what their jobs are. I'm not making, you know, demands of them that I know are impossible. The other part is, is expressing, and that's what you're talking about. Do I tailor... The experience to that individual, and this is where our motivators assessment has been a huge boon to our work. You know, most of us have taken all those assessments, whether it's Myers Briggs or Strength Finders or or, or uh, the different colors and so on. Mm-hmm. We we developed our assessment simply to fill in that gap around what are you passionate about? You know, putting your passions to work. And if I if I take my Venn diagram of who I am. What i'm good at and what i'm passionate about that's that's high engagement you can't help but get high engagement right? right so this idea of what are your key motivators and and what really does matter to you and we've all seen managers with good intentions um, co- go horribly horribly off track right like the guy who says look i just you know can't believe we hit that goal you did the impossible and since you know this giant bottle of champagne to the the person's house, only to find out that you know they're in AA. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, so the gesture was appreciated. The execution faltered. You know, for some people, it's look, my family is my number one priority. I want time off, and so for them, you say, look, take an extra day, uh, take a Friday and a Monday. We're not going to dock you on your on your vacation, and uh, and do something great with your family. The the great leaders really understand that they've got not a team of 10, they've got 10 individuals that make up their team, Mm -hmm. and getting to know those individuals and tailoring how you manage them, how you engage them, and certainly how you express your gratitude and reward them, that makes all the difference. And so that's one of our our best, best practices is, do you know your people well enough to tailor the experience to make it impactful? And when you think about it in that context, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, it does. And and I'm going to take you back really quickly to, um, I think it was Orange Revolution, where you had kind of a rule of three for teams. Um, I found that really interesting was, um, you kind of said, first one is strive to be world class. and, uh, and I'll skip to the third one was about kind of cheering, you know, on other people on the team, which I think we've talked about a little bit here, but, but it's also the no surprises piece. And, and I, I, right. I find that's one that sometimes is, is missed in, in this process. And, and can you expand on that a little bit about how that works into building a good team?
1: You know, absolutely. The, 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 the no surprises piece to me is all about trust as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, often when you're surprised, it's someone in your team has made a mistake and they've hidden it right the, the, and they kind of go oh, maybe, maybe no one will notice that the shipment didn't arrive you know that kind yeah. of thing and when you've got a culture of gratitude when you're, you're leaning with gratitude and you and you create that psychological safety when people make mistakes they, 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 they'll they tell you right away Hubert Jolie was was one of the leaders that we got to interview and you know when he came into Best Buy you know this massive re- retailer down here in the States that they were a billion dollars in debt and now they're a yeah. billion dollars in the and I said, how did you know? How did you do that? He said, Look, we assume best best intent. ABI. I said, Well, explain what that is. He says, Look, I, I may be naive. I assume that everybody comes to work wanting to do a good job, and in trying to do a good job, they make mistakes, yeah. and that's okay. We can fix the mistakes. Now, you can't fix a mistake if you don't know, and that's where the surprise comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I love this 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 idea of no surprises. Uh, Gary Ridge, one of my favorite CEOs, he's the CEO of WD-40. Yeah. I know you have a can in your house, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody does.
1: does. <laughs> so here's your skill testing question. What does WD-40 stand for? Do you know why it's called WD-40? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. This will win you a beer at the bar. Okay. It's water displacement 40th formula. No way. Okay. So again, Gary Rich leads with positive intent. He assumes positive intent. He says, okay. We don't make mistakes at WD forty. We have learning opportunities. And it's baked into our name. He said, The the, the guys that invented the formula for WD forty, it was the 40th formula. So were the 39 formulas before that, were they mistakes? Absolutely not. They were learning opportunities to progress us to our final goal. So he says, Given the history of our country our company. And the name of the company, how can we not assume positive intent and learn from our mistakes and move on? I, I thought it was just wonderful. And by the yeah. way, you know, took his company, you know, from, to, uh, what, 280 million to 2.8 billion in 12 years. Not, not, not yeah. a bad run. Not
0: right? bad. And now you've given us a, a good kind of Jeopardy question answer as well all at the same
1: time. So. <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, I, I mean that's that's fantastic and, and um, I, I think maybe do you have somebody and, and maybe he's the one but if, if um, so we're talking with people from a bunch of different industries and things like that that, that we see as um, kind of high performers or people that are helping kind of move people to high performance um, and that's not just in business it's, it's across all of those different realms. Do you have somebody that you kind of look to to think yeah you know what that person has that kind of high performance all that they they do things business and family and all those things? Do you have anybody from your end that you kind of look to and and say that's that's the person that uh, that I see as a bit of a model for that?
1: Uh, no question, actually several, yeah. and uh, I, I love what you said there: high performance in business and their family.
0: Yeah, I you know, one um,
1: of my. Well, sure it is. And, and I'll tell you, what you'll love about leading with gratitude is we, we talk about the myths, we talk about the best practices, and then at the end we say, take it home. Yeah. We, we never talked to one of these high-performance leaders that led with gratitude, that had these phenomenal results, that didn't take that very same philosophy and apply it to their families, which I thought was very encouraging. So I'll, I'll talk to you about uh, Ken Chenault uh, at American Express, recently okay. retired chairman. And he said, you know, often we think we're being the tough, demanding manager by withholding gratitude. And he said, it's just the opposite. You can be tough and demanding and express sincere gratitude. That's the formula. You know, people say, look, you know, they get the misconception that if I lead with gratitude, I'm soft. Not the case. Alan Mulally, you know, the, the, the. by the way, if your listeners are looking for another book to read, yeah. American Icon is the story of how Alan Mulally saved the Ford Motor Company. And it's brilliant. He says, you know, uh, the writer said, people that mistake Alan Mulally's philosophy of leading as soft have never met Alan Mulally. He's, he's got a spine of titanium, right? Uh, yeah. He's very demanding. And yet at the same time, very gracious and very engaging. So you don't have to trade on. Back to Ken Chenault. Here he is in the financial industry, a very mature industry. I mean, it's, you know, it's a charge card, it's a credit card, right? He he set up, you know, his his town hall meetings. You could ask any question. He made sure there was time for his people to get involved in the community. And it trickles down through the entire organization. I had the opportunity to work very closely with uh, David Kashesh, who heads up the Comp and Ben yep. uh, Department department, American Express. You might say, you know, really important position because this is a global organization. And yet he ta- he makes sure that he's got time to do one-on-ones with all his people, understand what it is that makes them tick. He makes sure that they have time to go serve in their community, whether it be Habitat for Humanities or or helping out in Ability Beyond, this, this charity that provides 24-7 care for people that have... Uh, been injured uh, through accident or, or birth, you know, they're, they're brain damaged and so on. And and it's remarkable, the results that they get and the buy-in that their people give because this organization has clearly led with gratitude. You know, in March, it's, it's uh, Employee Appreciation Month, right, yeah. uh, down here in the States. And generally, yeah. companies will take like a day, and some will take maybe a week. Yeah. Uh, American Express makes it the whole month.
0: <laughs> yeah. and
1: it's, it's not because they want to one-up everybody. It's something that's ingrained into their culture that happens you know, every day. What they want to do is create that trigger to remind everyone, let's not forget the sacrifices people make every day to make us a world-class company. And if you look at the American Express stock price over the last two, three years, the growth is phenomenal. So again, is it a nice thing to do? Absolutely. Is it a must-have instead of a nice to have? You bet.
0: Great. Um, so we ask every guest, Chester, at, uh, at, at, towards the end of the podcast is if somebody who's listening, whether they're a, they're a manager or a leader or, or just somebody kind of wanting to, to be able to you know, move their impact a little further, are there kind of two or three things that somebody could do today that um start to shift that uh, whether it's to, uh, you know shifting to more gratitude towards uh, uh, their team members to their uh, um, to the customers that they serve or to their family are there are there a few things that you could say just two or three uh, kind of quick notes that they can do as quickly as as this afternoon
1: sure uh take the time to do some one-on-ones you know ask some simple questions you know uh, where do you want to be two to three years from now you know, what do you think your best contribution is to the team? What have you seen in other places that if we did here, we could do better? And when it comes time to to really celebrate, what would be an appropriate way to reward and recognize you? Simple questions, we call them aspirational conversations, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what are your best contributions to the team is a question I love. You know, what mm-hmm. are they passionate about? And 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 then listen is a great attribute right <laughs> uh, I, I love the triggers of coins in your pocket you know set a goal to have five to ten positive interactions with your team yeah. harvard says the ratio is five to one pay attention what, what's your ratio what's yeah. your ratio and then an old school thing that i'm a big fan of is handwritten notes you know yeah. get in the habit of writing three a week for three weeks and mail it to their home Just a simple little, you know, sometimes leaders say, I don't know when to do it. Is the timing right? Well, a handwritten note, the timing is always right because the recipient finds the time to make it right. And I love sending it to their home because they'll share it with friends and family. So one-on-one meetings with aspirational conversations, Mm -hmm. what's your positive-negative ratio in the workplace? And handwritten notes, three really quick things that you can do that I've seen have huge impact.
0: Perfect perfect um and and your new book do you want to give some details on where people can find it what's what it's called and uh, and any other stuff about your own websites or anything too Chester while you're there
1: you bet thanks so much you know our training company is thecultureworks.com. Mm-hmm. you can find us there with lots of fun and, and, you know tips and white papers Leading with Gratitude is our latest and greatest book, and we, it was transformative for us to write this book. It's the Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. We've created a, a book website. It's leadingwithgratitudebook.com. There's lots of fun giveaways there as well. Um, and you know, follow us on LinkedIn. We've got a lot of followers. We post videos all the time. We have a book club every Friday to, to recommend the book. And you know, just in closing, because I know we were running out of time, make sure that when you look at these practices that you don't leave your best self at work, that you take your best self home as well. One of my favorite data points is that when people are are happy, engaged, motivated at work, they're 150% more likely to be happy in their personal lives. So as you develop as a leader and become a student of leadership, the best way to impact people's lives is be a great leader. Send them home happy, that ripple effect. And pay attention, what is your ratio at home? Is it five to one? And I'll give you one really fun tip to do at the dinner table. This is my good friend, Dave Perpen. He said, you know, we try to eat as a family as often as we can with schedules. It doesn't always happen. We've got two kids. There's four of us at the table. And we'd always say to the kids, you know, how's your day? Fine. What did you do at school? Nothing. (laughs) Right? So we changed it up and said, every time you come to the dinner table, you got to answer three questions. What was the best part of your day? What really got you excited? Secondly, who are you grateful for that's not at the table? And thirdly, who are you grateful for at the table that hasn't been thanked yet? And he said, you know what? It was a simple little practice that changed the whole atmosphere of our family and our dinners. He says, it's, our kids were res, res, uh, they didn't wanna do it at first. And then they're totally into it to the point where he says when they bring a friend to dinner, they'll say, okay, look, you got to answer three questions. Okay, oh, so really? Prepared.
0: Good for them.
1: Have good answers, you know? Wow. And I think it's just a lovely way to take what we talk about leading in the workplace and be sure to take it you off. Know, put a little note in your kid's backpack, right? Write a love letter to your spouse or partner. Okay. These are practices that don't just make better places to work. They, they make better places to live as well. And that's my sermon, and I'm sticking
0: to it. No, that's 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 awesome. I'm I'm used to it from that end, Chester. You always have great uh, great ideas, and and if anyone is looking for. A good keynote, or or somebody that can uh, come to your speaking event, definitely get in contact with Chester. He did, he does a fantastic job. Um, and uh, and if uh, so, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast, or maybe you're watching it on YouTube, um, make sure you go on subscribe so that you get kind of more of this content as as we move forward. Um, and uh, and leave us a, not just a rating, but but give us a review. Let us know what you think about um, kind of what Chester said, and uh, uh, and we'll. Make sure um, as we go through these, we we try to uh, read as many as them uh, of them as we can uh, live on our podcast. So uh, so let's do that, and uh, visit the website. It's www.bigidea.bigmoves.com, and uh, we'll make sure that we put some links on there uh, for um, for Chester's new book and and uh, any information that comes up there as well. And sign up for the newsletter, and we'll get those sent out. Um, so again, thank you, Chester. It's been fantastic. You've done a a great job. Uh, put forward some really great ideas that I know everybody can use. And uh, um, again, uh, thanks and, and enjoy the, the minimal snow that we have for the next little while. <laughs> um, yeah, and, thank uh, you very much. That was a pleasure. Call, call me anytime. This has been a delight. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, another day on um, Big Ideas, Big Moves.